Events for Breakfast, your go-to guide for advice, top tips and events industry insights. My podcast is delivered in bite-sized chunks to help you digest information and expand your events expertise. Hello everybody, I'm Kelly Frew and this is Season 1, Episode 3 of Events for Breakfast. So for today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Paul David Smith, who's a wedding, portrait and commercial event photographer based in Peterborough. Now, I've been fortunate enough to work with Paul over the years. We've worked together on some national conferences, some international conferences, awards evening, and he is super superb at what he does. So I'm really delighted to have him here today and to just chat a bit more about what he's been up to, how lockdown's been treating him, and just talk about his business a bit more. So, Paul, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, no, thank you for joining me. So I thought where we'd start then is if you want to start by just telling everybody what you do and a little bit about yourself. Sure, absolutely. So I have been working as a photographer for about 12 years now, 2008, something like that. I started doing it. Um, as you mentioned, I do a lot of events, corporate events. I travel kind of around the world um, doing conferences. I have moved into teaching photography, so a lot of my time now is spent teaching other people how to do photography. Um, people buy digital cameras, they have them in auto mode, and then they wouldn't have to get the best from them after a couple of months. So that's done really well for me. Um, I do a lot of portraits as well. Um, I've never kind of specialized in one particular area. I think kind of my knowledge of photography is more broad than that across the board. So wow, so actually people one-to-one, they've bought their own camera and then they don't know how to use it and they, they come to you and they, they're, they're willing to pay for you for your expertise to, for you to teach them to get the most, most out of it. Yeah, absolutely. So photography is really accessible at the moment. So camera technology has progressed so much and the price of it has come down. So they will go out, they'll go to Curry's, they'll buy the cameras and then they'll keep it in auto mode for a little while. And auto mode is brilliant, but it has so many errors because you're smarter than your camera. Your camera's quite dumb. So when you start telling the camera what you want it to do, you get better results. You do. So largely people come to me who have been in auto mode for a couple of months. They've got problems like when they're trying to freeze motion or they're trying to blur the background to shots. Um, the auto mode just can't do it. You've got to tell the camera that you want it to do that. So I kind of do training sessions. The beginner photography masterclass is my main one. That's the one where I teach people all the functions of the camera, how to tell the camera what you actually want it to do rather than letting it do its own thing. But I also do training courses in boudoir photography or product photography or portrait photography. So if you want to drill down and kind of specialize in something a little bit more, um, I do training courses for those too. And the people that are coming to you, they, they're um, using it as a bit of a hobby or it is people that are hoping to become professional like, like yourself in the industry? So... It's all walks of life. It really surprised me, actually. I did. When I started doing the training courses, I didn't know who was going to walk through my door. I didn't. Um, I would say people from uh, people who are about to retire um, to businesses who are wanting to do their own product photography or people who are about to launch businesses and want to do their own social media photography to people who do want to be a photographer. I have had them all through my door. I have so a really kind of broad mix which is really nice actually it is because the different conversations you have every day it's quite good fun. 
Exactly. And I know that you do, um, or you've done in the past, sort of holidays. So you've made them a bit of an event as well, haven't you? I shouldn't probably use the word holiday. That's not the right way. But, you know, you, I've seen beautiful pictures of you, say, up in Snowdonia, and you've got groups of people there. So you're, you're taking them away for an experience, and you've made the whole package around photography and training a bit of an experience for them as well. How does that go down? So we call them photography holidays, actually. And I don't mind the term of holiday. Yeah. It's a bit of a, it's quite nice, it is. So what we do is we rent an Airbnb or a big property somewhere. We get a group of photographers together and we all stay in the same building. So it is a holiday, but it's a holiday in the such that the moment you get up to the moment you sleep, you're effectively around other photographers and you've all got this one big thing in common, which is photography. Um, uh, so you don't just learn from me on these kind of photography holidays, you learn from everybody else as well, because it, 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 there's one kind of common theme there is. And the idea behind them was how do we make photography training more interesting? And that's where the whole idea came from. Um, I think it's great having people around to my house for kind of one-to-one -one lessons, but I think Photography for me is about storytelling. It's about the kind of the experience as well of being out there and taking photographs. And that's what we were trying to do with them. So, um, but we launched initially the first one was knights and armor and swords. And you know, we hired two models in chain mail and took them up to Glencoe in Scotland. We did. And the idea was if I put two models in the mountains, which are beautiful scenery in Scotland, I must be able to teach photography in that setting or I'm not doing my job very well. It's and a really good point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the results kind of astounded us. The photos that came out the back of them were incredible. But the whole experience as well, people came away from the trips kind of saying, I really enjoyed the experience. I learned so much and I got great photographs. So for me, that was kind of the complete setting rather than it just being a training session, which can seem kind of um, a little bit mundane and a little bit scripted. On the photography holidays, a group of photographers, they get together and they work together. Um, and that's how you get the best results at the end of the day as a collaborative effort, which I'm sure you know. Absolutely. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, I'm an events manager, as you know, and um, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of planning that has to go into these. So it's not just taking a group of people away somewhere um, and, then, and then giving them cameras and letting them get on with it. You've got all those models to, to brief and get in the right places. You've got to keep everyone entertained and make sure that they're all getting their sort of moment in the spotlight and their training sessions too. So everyone's getting the value for money. Um, and these people don't know each other either, do, do they? So you've, you've put all these people together and you're hoping that they're just going to have this wonderful experience and get along with you and um, it, as well um, if anybody does have Facebook do go on to Paul's Facebook page actually and see some of the pictures because they are great and it's not just the pictures that Paul's taken it's the pictures of the people that have been on the um, experiences too um, and there's some fantastic pictures of mermaids and and princesses and uh, is it princess that's probably not the right word is it people dressed very glamorously in the middle of Snowdon so <laughs> <laughs> this is it models in big dresses absolutely. exactly <laughs> yeah um, and now you're really passionate about this and I can, I can tell that you know, the training side of the piece is really what, what gets you going. And um, I've seen both sides of you. I've seen the training side. I've seen you overseas in Turkey, for example, with thousands of people interacting with lots of people, trying to get the best pictures so that they, we can capture their experiences and take their memories away from that event. What's your favorite? What is your absolute favorite thing you like about photography? 
Sure, absolutely. So the two different kind of situations you mentioned there are very different from a photography sense. One of them, um, when I'm at a conference, I am turning up and I'm getting the best photographs I can from the conditions I'm given because I'm not in a position to be able to move people around or change the lighting often or, or do anything that's going to change it. So it's capturing memories from an event. And I love doing that. I love the travel side of it. I think it's, it's a really kind of, it's a good kind of photography experience as such it is the other side of it is the photography holidays which we talk about and the trainer side of it and you're able to kind of control your situation a lot more if you don't like your background you can move the models to another kind of um, background if you don't like the lighting you can move the lights around or introduce additional strobe lights and things so the two situations are really different um, I like to be in control, I do as yeah. a photographer, I like to be able to control my scene because that's how you get the technically best photographs, beautiful lighting, models in brilliant kind of poses and such. Um, would, how would I choose between them? Because they're so yeah. different, if I'm really honest. Um, I love the training. I love that it's, it's that kind of sense of achievement with the training in that somebody comes to you at the beginning and they're at a certain level. And by the time they leave you, you can see they've kind of moved up to a new level. They took on new knowledge, their photographs are improving. Though. Or it could be a confidence thing. We've had people turn up who were just so uncomfortable working with models. They were yeah. just absolutely didn't know how to talk to a model, wouldn't talk to them, would just point the camera in their direction press the button and it would be silence wow. and then by the end of a kind of three or four days with us they're talking to the model they're interacting they're engaging with them they're telling them what they want and it's that kind of sense of achievement that yeah okay we created that we made that happen we've helped them progress with their journey so to answer your question to choose between them both is really different uh, difficult because they are very different situations i love them both Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it, isn't it? And I never thought of it like that, really, because actually as a photographer, once you've got models and people and scenery and, and, and products involved, then you've got to become a director as well, really, haven't you? And, um, it, you know, if that person that's got their camera as well as getting the best shoot or the best shot, should I say, they've also got to think about the people, the, the background and, and have been able to interact and, with the models and get the best out of them. I'm sure that's all part of the training, isn't it? That, you know, it's not just taking the picture and shooting. And I know that's a really basic way of looking at it. Sorry. <laughs> no, no you know, my partner, Rianne, would tell you this. She'd say you are your bossiest when you're in charge of a photo shoot. She doesn't <laughs> yeah. see me like that in my, my kind of everyday life. But when I'm on a photo shoot, yes, you've got to take control of everything in that scene if you want the best photographs. Yeah. 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 I think that was probably one of my biggest um, photography learnings, if I'm really honest. Um, when I first kind of started photography, I was technically good with the camera. I was okay. I could point it and get a good image. But then when you're in a situation where where the, the environment's kind of not, not in your control. You turn up to say a hotel and you've got a conference going on, an awards evening or something, and you can't kind of you've got to control that scene. You've got to move people around and to kind of get them where you want them, get the light right and such. Um, and it's, it's a lot more than just being a technically competent photographer. You've got yes. to be a technically competent human being who's good at communication as well, or you yeah. fail epically. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's so much for you to think about. You know, when I'm working with you guys as photographers, it's something I don't even think about. The fact, all I think is that you're going to turn up I'm going to tell you where you can stand, for example, or don't stand there because we've got such and such going on there. And then you literally within half an hour having to just get on with it and get, get those best pictures. So you've really got to be quite, 
um, flexible and think on your feet, haven't you? You know, and just think, where am I going to get the best pictures from? You don't know what's going to go on with the lights in the show, for example, behind you in the conferences. And you just have to get on with it. And that's a whole skill in itself, isn't it? It really yeah, is. Absolutely. It really is. I think that's what puts a lot of people off from going professional. The unknown, the fear of the unknown. You could turn up to any situation. You could. Yeah. Um, weddings are very much like that. When you shoot a wedding, you don't know technically what you're going to be turning up to. You plan it with the couple beforehand, but you potentially don't know how dark the church is or you don't know yeah. what lighting the DJ is going to use your, um, during their first dance or you don't know whether the reception area where they're going to be doing the speeches uh, is going to be lit with candlelight or artificial light or if it's going to be dull light um, so you're constantly thinking on your feet definitely you are. absolutely and hope yeah it's, it gives me food for thought when working with photographers in the future definitely so a bit of a question around phones then. So you've talked there, you know, that people were getting, still going out and buying phones, sorry, not phones, um, cameras. So people are still going out and buying cameras and all these different types of character ca cameras. But, you know, for me, I will take a selfie on my phone now and I'm being told by lots of people that the actual cameras on phones are actually quite good. So do you do training with a phone or, or is that is that something that I shouldn't be talking about doing, doing photography on phones? <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, I did my first phone training probably about six months ago. I did. Oh, wow. I stood away from it for a little bit. I probably didn't know enough about the phone technology myself to be able to teach it. I've used DSLR cameras or mirrorless cameras in my work and kind of I only used a phone for a selfie or something. Yeah. Um, phones are brilliant. Don't get me wrong. The cameras in phones at this moment in time are only getting better. They yeah. are. So the resolution that's in there, the megapixels, the size it will print out is fantastic. The only thing a DSLR camera has above a phone at the moment is you can put a really good lens on the front of a DSLR camera which helps improve the kind of photography and the sensors inside them are bigger. So I think phone photography is potentially the future if I'm very honest. I know yeah. there are wedding um, iPhone wedding photographers out there at the moment wow. who will turn up to your wedding and photograph it on their iPhone and you look at the images that they're getting from it and they're fantastic. Um, that's more about the photographer understanding lighting and posing and direction and everything and being able to translate that into using a phone to capture it. Yeah. Um, and it's what we were saying earlier, you're smarter than your phone. So if you understand photography and the light and everything behind it, you should be able to turn up with any camera. You should be that a phone or a DSLR or a beginner entry level DSLR, not a problem. Um, so no, I think that at this moment in time, the only difference kind of being is if you want really truly professional images, yes, you'd use a DSLR. Um, for everyday images, if you're out and about, the portability of your phone is the beauty of it. It's always with you. And the best camera you've got is the one that's with you. It is. Absolutely. So actually, not that I, I'm not at that stage yet, but as an events manager or someone that's managing events, then if, if some, my photographer turns up on site with just an iPhone, I shouldn't panic. He probably or he or she probably knows what he's doing with it. Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. And hopefully you've looked at his images beforehand so you yeah. know what you're getting. Because the, the truth is that if you hire me, you'll look at my website, you'll go, yes, I like his images, or no, I don't like his images. If yeah. you look at someone's website and go, yes, I love his images, and he turns up with a phone, don't panic. You love his images. They're yeah. going to be great. <laughs> they are. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they shot Sports Illustrated magazine on a phone. Then they printed it and put it on the front cover as well. They wow. did. So technology is definitely getting there. It yeah. is. Um, yeah, absolutely. 
all adapting, isn't it? So what I wanted to come on to then, um, what, you know, your industry, um, you know, you are in the events industry as well as being a photographer. Um, and if we look at both, so photography and weddings and events and all experiential, and I imagine fashion shoots and, and product um, photography has all been impacted by COVID. Um, and there was a moment there where we all literally all had to down tools and sort of take a bit of a pause and think, how on earth are we going to get through this in all of our industries? And it's still going on what we are 12, 13 weeks into lockdown, starting to come out of it slightly. But, you know, what was talk me through sort of the process in the last three months um, and how you were feeling and, and what, sort, what did you have to do to, and put in place to make sure that you've got a future for your business? Sure, absolutely. Um, so overnight, and I say overnight in the space of about three days, our phones stopped ringing, the emails stopped coming in, and we can take orders on the website. They stopped as well. They wow. um, a couple of days later, my phone started ringing again, uh, but it was with cancellations and wedding cancellations or oh, wedding wow. date changes. Um, in the first two weeks of coronavirus lockdown, I think I rearranged between 15 and 20 weddings. I did literally that would have been taking place in April, May, June, or July. Um, I've since rearranged probably another 10 in the weeks that followed that. So probably in the region of about 25 weddings we've rearranged in, in a few months. Um, luckily, most of them have kind of not requested refunds. They've just been changing the date. So that's yeah. helped us. If yeah. everybody had to come back to me and said, please, can we have our deposits back? I wouldn't have a house. Yeah. <laughs> there would have been far too much money. It would. So in that sense, most people have done the same thing. And I think wedding venues have been advising people really well. They've said, take the same date next year. Exactly. <laughs> and <Yeah>. that's worked <laughs> that's really well. As, as an industry kind of standard, this seems to be what people have done. It yeah. does. I'd say kind of 90% have literally took the same weekend or the same date next year. So that's helped really um, me a lot. It has. Um, in terms of all other um, photo shoots as well, though, everything stopped and yeah. it was it was heartbreaking. I'll be honest. It yeah. was. Um, I am at my worst when I am doing nothing. And <laughs> all of a sudden you do nothing every day. <laughs> you get up and you scratch your head and go, oh, well, what should I do? Like, <laughs> I yeah. got no work coming through the door. Nothing's happening. Jerome. Um, so it was difficult and I'm not going to pretend it wasn't by any means. I'm not, I tried to innovate and, uh, you know, I think that was all that anybody could do. Yes. So I took my training sessions that I was doing one-to-one -one, face to face and I put them online so I could start doing Skype training sessions or Facebook messenger training sessions or whatever the platform people wanted to use. Um, and that had a, a degree of success. Um, it wasn't an overnight, oh my God, this has saved my business by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but it gave me something to do. That was nice. That kept me sane to a degree. It did. And there um, was interest. So there was people coming to you via your website or via your promotions that you may have been doing at the time around the online. And, and cause so obviously we've all seen the online traffic um, increase dramatically in every sense, hasn't it? All the social media, um, our, our streaming of TV and just our life became online. So was it as a kind of overnight, okay, people want to interact overnight, uh, sorry, online, or was it something that you had to instill in people to show that you could do it? So the, 
the good thing for me is I had a, a database already of people who had done training with me yeah. in the past. And I think that was probably my saving grace. It was yes. because it's easier to keep a customer than it is to obtain a new customer. Uh, we should all kind of understand that and know that. So yeah. having people who'd done training with me in the past, they already knew me, they met me, they, I kind of had their trust already that I was going to give them a good service. So selling them something was far easier than putting an advert out for people who hadn't done training with me in the past and trying to attract them to the business yeah i think everybody was a little bit um a, a little bit withdrawn with their money uh, in the sense of they didn't know where their sure. next was coming they didn't yeah. know whether they were going to be furloughed or if they were self-employed whether they were actually going to get government grants or anything so i think people were kind of holding on to their money and going i can't be frivolous with this and uh, i can't kind of spend this on non-essentials i've got to kind of hold it yeah I can't. Um, so it, it was impacted in both ways in the sense of selling to the database of people I'd done training with already. It worked a lot better. It did um, yeah. because I had that trust. Luckily with photography training as well, if you've been out, you spent money on a camera and lenses and accessories, you've probably got a little bit of extra money anyway. You're, yeah, of you're course. probably not on the bread line kind of hand to mouth every week. So in that sense, kind of, uh, I've seen in the past that a lot of the photography training people that I've done with people has been to people who have kind of that excess of money to spend on the kind of the things that they want to do, who are probably a little bit kind of more willing to come out and do training because they weren't so worried about kind of feeding themselves or feeding their children. Do you know yeah. Yeah. So no, like really difficult times. Yes, the training kind of online worked and it kept me busy enough to kind of keep me sane. Um, and I think if I hadn't have done that, what would I have done every day? I'd have sat in bed and scratched my head and watched yeah. Netflix like yeah. the rest of the world, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I would. I, I'm uh, sure there's a few days like that. We've all had a few days like that in the last three months. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, many days like that, Kelly. Many yeah. days like that. There were. Um, so no, really difficult. And for me, I had to pretty much write off April and May in terms of any actual kind of good revenue coming from yeah. the business. Do you know what I mean? Anything yeah. that was going to pay our bills or anything. It was more about ticking over. It was more about keeping my name out there. It was more about keeping my mental health to some degree of kind of sanity. It was. Um, but no, really difficult. Um, but June's picked up slowly. June's been better. It has. I wouldn't say we are anywhere near back to the levels I was at beforehand. Yeah. Um, but June's kind of picked up. I am. Um, I talked about the innovation. Uh, I talked about kind of doing um, online training. What I also did is I bought a 360 camera and yeah. it was a bit of a gamble. Uh, I'll be really honest, but I took the kind of opinion that if everybody was going to be sat at home, there'd be lots of empty venues in the world. <laughs> there were. Very true. Um, <laughs> and this one's paid off quite dramatically, actually. So this one's kind of, we'll keep our business going for the next few months, which is nice. Um, so the 360 camera, I've been talking to some of the biggest cathedrals in our area. I've been talking to some of the biggest colleges in our county who are all interested in being able to do virtual tours on their website because people can't get to the venues anyway. Wow, yes. Yeah. So I spent a couple of thousand pounds on a 360 camera at a time when I was kind of wondering where my bills were going to get paid by. Yeah. Um, but it's going to pay off. And it, it was a little gamble that I had to take to kind of try and keep the business going. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think kind of the only way to try and get through a crisis like that is to do something different. Because exactly. you know, if the world's changed, if habits have changed, if opinions have changed, if thought processes have changed, you've got to kind of offer something that's going to kind of meet the new normal. I hate to use that term, but you've got to yeah. kind of change your service towards it, haven't you? 
But what a great thing that you're doing there because you're not, not only helping yourself change, but you're helping other businesses change as well. So people want to see, say for example, we live in, we're a local to Peterborough. People want to see Peterborough Cathedral. It's a beautiful building. So, you know, having those virtual tours online, fantastic. So they're getting a new sort of new revenue and hopefully bringing new people to, to see them and visit them in the future when people can come back. And then universities, colleges, yes, they still want students to, to come. So rather than doing those open visits, days they can do the 360 tours around like you say so you know you're not only just helping yourself you've really thought thought about other businesses as well at the same time which is fantastic that's it absolutely and the only way you're going to sell a service is if someone benefits from it that's yes. sort of the photography industry isn't it do you know what I mean it is. so no being able to kind of help businesses small medium and large as well like this isn't a service that's just for kind of the biggest companies that we spoke about um it could be for a, a tiny business that just needs to kind of go we're open do you know what I mean? Yeah. Tell the world again, we are open. Please come and see us. Yeah. June the 15th they all opened up again there's so many small businesses out there who are going to be kind of scratching their heads going are people going to be coming back through the door yeah Do I, I don't know so being able to tell the world you are open yeah, it's a big thing at the moment isn't it brilliant and if we think about so you, you've just touched on there June the 15th came and you know certain um, restrictions were lifted um, and as of events and events and wedding, well, weddings are allowed to have small gatherings now going forward, but they are up to 30 people only. Um, and events, we're not quite yet at the place where we're going to be doing sort of big events in the any time in the near future. That's still to come. All of that's still to come. And we know that. Have you thought about how you are going to um, deliver face-to-face -face events and experiences going forward um, because COVID is going to be here for a while it's not going anywhere until the vaccine obviously is found so and we're going to live with this for a while and I'm, I, are you are you backing away from live events as such or are you, are you thinking about how you can change and adapt to living in a COVID world? Sure absolutely um, you've got to change you've got to adapt or you won't get the business through the door I think let's start there um, at this moment in time, but we haven't had the inquiries come through the door to have to find a solution for it. Yeah. Um, but, but the solution, of course, will be PPE. Yes. Well, there, there'll be no other way of doing it. There will be yeah. PPE, wearing masks, gloves, hand sanitizing at the right times and maintaining social distancing. Yeah. I think the world has to continue. Events will restart. They have they to will. restart, giant. They do. We, we're not all going to kind of stay in the, the kind of bubble that we've been in for the last couple of months. So the industry will open up again. I know from, I think it's July the 4th, weddings can restart up to 30 people. They That's can. it. So yeah. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that. 29 other people and me, because I yeah. all count as one of those people. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a perfect wedding to me. 30 people is enough. <laughs> well, this is it. Absolutely. Um, but you know, some of the favourite weddings I've done in the past have been the small ones. 10, yeah. 15, 20 people where you can kind of get involved, mingle with them, talk to them, chat, get to know them. You deliver some of the best photographs that way compared to the ones where there's three, 400 people. You don't get to know everybody on that kind of individual individual level yeah. you don't so no I'm quite looking forward to weddings opening up again um, big events live events they will open up again we yeah. will do it by maintaining social distance and using good PPE and such um, but to go back to kind of how we've dealt with the photography training it's I've relaunched the one-to-one -one training at the beginning of June when the government said you can have up to six people in your garden yeah um, for oh, me yeah. that was a let's open our doors again and run training from the garden 
Amazing. You know <laughs> so we purchased a big waterproof gazebo, three meters by three meters. It's up in our garden at the moment. I've had a steady stream of people coming through our back gate for photography training. Fantastic. <laughs> and we've done it with the same kind of method, the same social distancing and PPE and just being, it's just common sense, isn't it? At the end of the day, it is. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I am the advocate for big live events. You know that I love them and I am holding out to um, for, the, for the end of the year that it will start to come back. And then 2021 is going to be bustling with events. It's going to be so busy. Um, we're not going to know what to do with ourselves. So I wouldn't be planning any holidays for yourself next year. I'm sure you're going to be super busy <laughs> making up for all as events managers will not stop calling you. <laughs> You make a good point, you do. Like, there, there will be an other side to this, won't there? Where yeah. everybody is dying to get out and redo events. Like yeah. Music festivals next year are going to be immense because everybody has been cooped up this year. Yes, <laughs> they have. definitely. So, yeah, absolutely. Once the world starts to get back to some normality, and it is, you know, we're, like in the UK especially, we're seeing the kind of um, new cases drop every day, deaths yeah. all coming down every day. So we are starting to get back to some normality. Restrictions are opening up. And the will absolutely be that other side of it where all of the phones ring and it's good for all of us um, you must be looking forward to that too though i can't wait i literally can't wait um as you know i we're planning um a big ship launch and um that's all been had to be put on pause i've got other clients that are waiting to do some big conferences towards the end of the year and some incentive travel now the incentive travel may come a little later well that might be the last sort of thing that comes back but you know, we have, the clients are eager. There are the, you know, my clients, people that I'm working with, they're all eager to do those events. Everyone's just nervous right now and, and waiting. We just, we've got to play a bit more of a waiting game just to see what happens. Fingers crossed the second spike doesn't come. You know, international conferences and all that incentive travel, we're going to have to be super cautious around all of that, but it will come back. But like you say, UK festivals and UK events and if this weather continues, wow, we're going to have a great time, aren't we? It's, it's this is it. Superb. So, you know, I'm really inspired by your story because, you know, you set yourself up. You, you didn't, I know you did, we've had this conversation. You didn't go to such school and college thinking, I'm going to go out, I'm going to be a photographer. I'm going to set my business up and, and do that. And you've done, like you say, 12 years, isn't it? 12 years of your own business. And that's fantastic. And, you know, you, you've now got your own income and you're living a nice life from it and you're adapting and evolving. Um, if you've got people out there that are thinking of setting up their own businesses and especially right now with what's going on, what sort of tips would you give them? And what would, you, if someone could have told you things 12 years ago, what would you have wanted to have heard? <laughs> sure, absolutely. Uh, but thank you for the kind words. That was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, do something. And that sounds a strange comment to say, I think. Um, but the biggest kind of thing I've learned in 12 years is your success comes from the things that you do. Nobody's yeah. going to knock on your door if you're not putting yourself out to the world and go, come and do some work for us. Do I, like, people need to know that you exist. They do. So my kind of business started taking off when I started doing things, when I started putting myself out to the world, doing podcasts or talking, doing training sessions or going and kind of photographing people's event for free and sending them the images and going, look what I did for you. Take them. Do I mean? um, the more you do, the more success you have. And I, I think that's kind of the, the biggest kind of thing I've learned over the years. It is. And it's the biggest thing I teach to anybody who comes for photography training wanting to be a photographer it is you can be the best photographer in the world 
But if yeah. nobody knows you exist, you will not get work. Yes. <laughs> you so there's a whole kind of marketing side to learn as well. There is. Yeah. But I think it comes down to do something. Like get yourself out there. Like put, contact people like, and talk to them. Just have conversations. Don't try and sell them anything. Find the kind of arrangements that are mutually beneficial for both of you. And sure. I think that thing with every industry that's not just kind of a photography kind of um, inspiration it's the same with whatever you are doing it is um, if you can kind of offer a service to someone and they can help you in return great why didn't money need to change hands in those early days yeah. and there's a lot of small businesses essentially that are kind of working on that basis as well how can we help each other to kind of inspire ourselves to be bigger and better but it all comes back to doing something it does yeah. at the same time and i'm sure you've learned this kind of getting your name out there you're doing podcasts amazing yeah. like yeah. absolutely you can't just kind of sit there and hope that the work's going to come to you you've got to get yourself out there and do something in the first place no and, you're absolutely right so it is an, uh, something to add there it's confidence isn't it it's about having the confidence to go out there because you i'm sure you you knew you were a good photographer and i know that i'm a really good events manager but nobody else knew and you know no one else is going to shout about you <laughs> other than yourself yeah, so you've absolutely. got to get yourself out there and shout and let everybody know and even when you don't just tell them once tell them twice tell them three times let everyone know what you can do <laughs> definitely definitely uh, one of the biggest things photographers say to me all the time is i don't know if my images are good enough like they're always comparing themselves to other people there's always going to be someone who's better than you at something you're never yeah. going to be the best photographer in the world or the best at what you do in the world or it's highly unlikely anyway but that's okay do you know what I mean yeah. be the best that you can be um and be yeah have the confidence to put yourself out there in the first place for me in my early days i used to hate putting my images out i absolutely hated yeah. it i did because there's always that little kind of hour two hours day two days afterwards where you get the feedback and yeah. sometimes the feedback's good sometimes the feedback's just dead nothing yeah and when it's dead and nothing it's heartbreaking isn't it you put yeah. all your effort all that kind of time into this photo and you put it out to the world or whatever you did and you hear nothing and the silence is deafening and i think over time you kind of the more you the more you put your work out the more you do your thing people who like what you're doing find you and, yeah. and that was the that was the case for me um, my style of photography is not for everyone that's okay I, I, yeah. i'm perfectly happy with that there's lots of photographers out there in the world but people who like what i do find me they yeah. and that's only because i had the confidence in the end to put my work out there and go here it is take it digest it if you love it I'm here, Jane. Absolutely, yeah, and it is, that's such good tips, isn't it? You're not going to be, you're not going to please everyone. Nobody is everybody's taste. It's find what you're really good at. Be proud of what you're good at. Share it, and like you say, if people like it, they will come and find you. Um, that's, that's fantastic. My final thing. My final thing. So, um, leaving it on a really positive, really inspirational note. Then, um, twelve years in, if you could do any you know next year if the phone was to call in 2021 we've not got covid it's gone and you know if any job could come in well across photography um what would it look like what would be your dream job okay so this year we were going to do a photography holiday and it got cancelled right and i want to do that next year and yeah. this isn't a self-publication thing this is <laughs> i genuinely actually want to really go and do it yeah <laughs> 
I want the photographs of it. I, I do. So this year in June, literally next week on my birthday, we would have been out in Iceland with a spacesuit that I acquired for eBay, a very realistic one that may or may not have been in a famous movie somewhere. Oh, wow. Um, and we were going to try and recreate the moon landing photographs in Iceland. We were. Oh. And we'd been working on this for a year, literally since kind of last June time, we've been working on that trip we have and it is a it is a trip where we take lots of photographers out there and yeah. we all collaborate our ideas and efforts and things um and i really want to do this trip i do like even if i end up in iceland on my own with my <laughs> own money <laughs> and, like, recreating that moon landing with all of the props and accessories and everything that we bought i want to go and do that trip so it's highly likely we'll launch it as a photography holiday again and we'll try yeah. and encourage other people to come along um hopefully like they'll open iceland back up and travel will become normal again over time and we can go back to doing what we want to do but it's not a job it's it well it is a job like I, i'd have been paid for it from yeah. the but that is my answer to that because i really want to go and recreate the moon landing photographs in iceland of course yeah so that was that's it as you do it's just an everyday for a photographer that isn't it i mean that's amazing yeah and um just as soon as i've been working in cruises recently and uh, working with pno iceland have opened up their ports so they've literally just opened up their ports so you never know let's just hope that it continues that way <laughs> and you can fly into iceland too <laughs> this is it fingers crossed <laughs> definitely so before we wrap up then, because this, is, this has been super interesting and, and um, I really want to um, navigate people to find you. So where can people find out about you? Your website, Facebook, where are you? Sure, absolutely. So most of my updated work is on my website. Um, if you want to see the latest stuff, go to pauldavidsmith.co.uk. Um, but you will find me on Facebook, PDS Photo and Instagram, PDS Photo over the username. Brilliant. And is there any any pictures of any um, the spacesuit on there at all for people to see yet? Or are you keeping it a secret? Um, we took them all down, sadly, because <laughs> we, <did>, ah. <laughs> we had to cancel the trip for this year. But they'll be going back up very soon. They will yeah. once we kind of get around to relaunching the trip for next year. Absolutely. There's plenty of other ones of models and medieval castles and Snowdonia and all sorts, isn't there, for people to have a look at. So I thoroughly recommend um, you go and have a look at Paul's sites and, and follow him on Facebook and Instagram too. Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today and good luck um, for the rest of this year in 2021. Oh, thank you for having me. And likewise, good luck. Hope it all works out. Thank you. Well, I don't know about you, but I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed that. Paul is a superstar at what he does. So please do take the time to have a look at his website and find out more about him. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and you found it as interesting as I did. If you've got any questions or queries about photography, then drop me a line and I'll, I'll pass them on to Paul and we'll get them to answer them for you. Until next time, look after yourself and I'll be back very soon. <laughs>